VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Five, four, three, two, one. You got it! It's time for episode 643 of Who Charted, the show where comedians discuss the top five songs and movies of the week. Congratulations, you have reached checkpoint 182. We'll give you news on that as the show continues on the road back to summer 2023. I'm your host, H. Michael Cray, a.k.a. Chart Linklater, Howard Kramer. And with me, as always, Brett, Peter, Pedro, Pietras, Morris, a.k.a. Starred. What's up, Starred? Yeah. What's going on? Happy Blink-182 Thank weekend. you. 420's passed and now it's 182. You had yeah. sent me a text during the week because we briefly discussed, I think it was on Two Charted, maybe, that Frank Ocean kind of messed up his Coachella headlining set. And people yeah, well, were complaining I think, about it and stuff. Yeah, and I think we were saying that Frank Ocean was almost the most appealing part of the bill. Like for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I mean, people, a lot of people wanted to go see him. Yeah, there you go. But, but um, once I, he did perform, this, uh, people were underwhelmed. They said it was weird and it was unwieldy. And then we wondered aloud, would he get it together by the second right, weekend? Right, exactly. And then you hit me with the text, boom. And he's not, they pulled him. He's they out. They pulled him. Yeah. He got the hook on his neck, you know, he, off the stage. Yeah. And then they brought in the Tatnecks. They brought in <laughs> Blink. They brought in Blink One Eighty Two. Two the the uh, like fifty year old high school kids. Yeah, there you go. And um, uh, three and uh, you know what? That week that that wedding in Cancun I told you about last week. There was a guy there who I met who was part of the whole wedding party. He had a Frank Ocean tattoo. Like someone was mentioning Coachella. I was for sure you were going to say Blink-182 tattoo. Yeah, but that, that's the irony of it. It's like someone was mentioning these bands and you never know like what strangers are into, you know? And then mm -hmm. he goes, well, well, actually, man, like Frank Ocean's one of my biggest inspirations. And he like shows this huge tattoo. So... I've wow. been thinking was of him. He, he maybe he was going to be heading like this weekend. I got to be at the wedding, but next weekend I can go to Coachella, see my hero, Frank. Yeah. They pulled him. <laughs> they pulled him. No mercy. Yeah. You got to show up for weekend worshipers. one. Yeah. Well, we'll see if they can get, pull off the gig. We'll see if, 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 if they're able to satisfy the audience over there. And we'll uh, get more into that as we count down our music chart. But first, let's bring in our guest. Here she comes now. You know her from the Let's Talk About Beatles podcast and from her excellent creative, visionary, visual art. Please welcome to the charts, Katie Plattner. Hello. Hey, Katie. Hello. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's nice to be here. Right on. The full title is, of course, screw it. We're just going to talk about the Beatles. What did I call it? I think so we're going to talk about the Beatles the podcast, <laughs> which is accurate, okay. which is fine. It's that's the same you, sentiment. You and know, I think in it's, showbiz lingo, you know, we shorten everything. You know, that's that's the way. That's what we call yeah. it. In the I'm biz. pretty sure that ours is the only podcast where people talk about the Beatles. So I don't. I don't think there will be any confusion. Yeah, no confusion. 
Yeah. yeah. You just search, actually, if you just search Beatles in Google, our podcast probably comes up first. Nice. Yeah. Search yeah. Like even on Wikipedia. First. <laughs> right. How long do you think it'll be before someone copies you and goes into that area? Hmm. Oh, probably like 12 years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but I think we, I think we probably are the loosest Beatles podcast out there. I think I what, with the, the serious answers, I think like most other podcasts, I mean, I really don't listen to any other Beatles podcast, but they seem to just, it's obviously like very encyclopedic and it's about yeah. well-researched takes and everything. Ours, We're, ours has a very low level of scholarship. Okay. Yeah. Like we all know what we know about them, which is probably more than the layman, but we're just more just excited to talk about them, you know? I see. And, and there's jokes. Right on. Okay. So yeah, you're not just spitting out facts and factoids about the Beatles and doing deep dives. You're having fun. Yeah, yeah. we're having fun. Sometimes we'll read some basic stats from Wikipedia at the beginning of an episode. <laughs> That's what, about as deep as it goes. Was there anything you learned on the doing it? <laughs> oh, I've oh. learned a ton from doing it, actually. Um, like, I grew up listening to the Beatles and knew a lot of the music very well, but ha was never a person that needed to know, like, what was up in their personal lives or gear stuff or, like, any of the drama. <laughs> and then also, I've learned a ton about the solo work since doing the podcast i was not as familiar with what's the most that. surprising thing we we learned about the beatles mm. um i think for me one of the kind of bigger thematic takeaways has been that um i think paul mccartney is more of just a big weirdo than he gets credit <laughs> for which how i so? like that's great how so well i think i think like he is I think a common misconception that kind of was laid after, like laid out after the, like John died was a pro John anti Paul kind of narrative. And it was like, Paul was the kind of the asshole and uh type a. Whatever. Yeah. They say, yeah, he didn't have as much talent and stuff. Right. And I want to know on the weird the, shit. What's I know, but that's what I'm though? saying is the counter to that. I think Paul was actually the one who like brought in avant-garde into the group yeah, and, was, and like has a very uh, weird personality. Weird. He's goofy oh, okay. and mu music. Yeah, I think John crazy. gets a lot of credit for being like the cool one, which he was cool. That's fine. But I, yeah, that Paul does a lot of stuff that is really experimental, or even within the Beatles, that he was the one that was doing a lot of like, you know, tinkering and figuring out weird sounds and more kind of involved. In I just sent that. I just sent that picture to the group chat of a 70s picture of Paul in Africa hang smoking weed with Fela Kuti. Would oh, that have nice. been probably while he was there recording um, Band on the Run? Yeah, probably. But I know, like, I mean, there's just whole secret histories like that that they don't really tell you. Like, he's pretty cool. You know, he was ahead of the game right in the 70s. In that, uh, learning about that album, too, that they he recorded it in um, Lagos in Nigeria. And while he was there, that Fela Kuti came over and was like, you're here stealing our music and all the, and Paul McCartney was like, I can assure you that I'm not. And he was like, I don't believe you. And Paul McCartney played him some of the music and they were like, oh yeah, no, you're not at all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh yeah, yeah that white shit. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have wrote that crap. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. All right. I'm excited to hear more about the Beatles as we move through these modern charts. <laughs> we don't have to talk about the Beatles. We don't have to, but, uh, but everything a joyous relates. group. Yes, they are. It's a um, animated journey through their catalog. And let's now I'll wrap the history of recorded music. Here we go. Music. We used to play LPs, eight tracks, cassettes, and CDs. Now we download and we stream. What's next? NFTs? Tunes. That was a rough one. <laughs> yeah, you got some gargle in there. Something it's only one take. We do this as if That's it's it. live. We got to yeah. do it. Like the Beatles, they had two hours to record some That's of those right. songs. Boom, boom, boom. The first album, they did it all in a day. Yeah. Yeah. I bet they gave Paul second take, so. Get a frog <laughs> in your throat on uh, Love Me Do. Let's go. Right. <laughs> I think that's an actual fact. Is it? Yeah, Love right Me on. Do. He was so, he sounds so nervous on it because it's oh, like yeah, one of yeah. their first ones. He's begging for love. <laughs> right. Um, well, um, what chart do we have this week? All right, we got top 40 chart on iHeart. We're going to do the top five. Nice. Okay, coming in at number five. Number five. The Weeknd with Die For You. Dramatic. I can't say yeah. I don't love you. Because I love you. It's hard for me to communicate the thoughts that I hold. But tonight I'm gonna let you know. Let me tell the truth. Baby, let me tell the truth. I wonder what Paul McCartney yeah. thinks when he hears you the weekend. Because the weekend sounds like Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael yeah. Jackson bought out Paul's publishing. <laughs> yeah. Or, it brings or, back bad memories. Or maybe he wants to perform Say 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 with him. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Make some of the money back. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. just find out who the weekend's producer is and then work with them so he can get another number one as like an 80 year old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He does Dave Grohl stuff. Might as well go with the weekend too. Um, That would be pretty incredible if the weekend ended up buying out Paul's songs too. <laughs> just, oh my like, God. just to copy his hero even more. Kick him in the other nut. My God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see him wanting to do stuff with The Weeknd because it's like he sounds like Michael, but Michael's estate doesn't get any of the money. So it's almost like ripping off Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Apparently The Weeknd is uh, declared the most popular musician on the planet right now. Really? Really? Yeah, which is pretty yeah. shocking to me. But also maybe it is the Michael Jackson connection because I think it's more just the debauchery connection. Really? Yeah, I kids don't... are all into degradation now. They're all doing drugs. It's just the weekend <laughs> goes with where the kids are at. They're all dying for each other, I guess. Right? Wasn't that the name of this song? Yeah, Sorry. It is. That found sounded bad. Okay. <laughs> I um the weekend is a a good example of someone who I feel absolutely neutral about. Yeah. Don't know that much about him. V aware of who he is. He's fine. 
I don't know. (laughs) There's something there that I'm, I don't connect with personally. I think that's the trick to, uh, international, you know, lowest common denominator success is like blandness. Yeah. A little bit of blandness. Like to me, Taylor Swift is a little bit like that too, where it's just, yeah. This no is, one really knows what it's about. This is vanilla ice cream. I can, I can like point to all the influences I'm hearing. It's kind of a direct yeah. copy of that thing. Yeah, like Bruno Mars or something. Yeah. yeah. Or like, it's, even if you don't like it, you're probably not going to tell someone to turn it off. Yeah. So yeah, it's fine. It, it can yeah, be fine. It works. in the background everywhere. Yeah. A modern day hootie and the blowfish. Just, yeah, it's fine. It's on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just a crowd pleaser. It's like a, you know, G-rated movie or something. Now, well, the Hootie and the Blowfish comparison brings this up because they had one album that had like eight number one hits or something that stayed on the radio for years. Is Are there people who are still doing that where, you know, Drake. are they having like that many big songs per album i think drake does uh seems like uh maybe taylor swift not on this last album but yeah it is rare but there are people that just will not get off the charts and everything they drop is just goes right in would you say so start i can't i'm sure there are but i can't think of just a smash album like that that feels like ubiquitous i i can name like that hootie and the blowfish album i could probably call out four or five songs from if i heard them on the radio and i never listened to that album one time i mean maybe things also just turn over faster so if there's not as much opportunity for you know a song that came out three years ago to still be in heavy rotation i think there's just no common like source of music we all listen to anymore in the same way. Yeah. So it's it's harder to just have like six ubiquitous songs from an Except album. Except for Drake. Drake, maybe, yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to tell you because all of his songs sound alike to me. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't yeah, know which album that came from. It's just there's just a constant drip of Drake music, you know? He's another one that I'm like, I know he's there. And I'm, I think I'm mostly just going to not pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Easy to ignore. Yeah. It's a good, yeah. for me, good opt out. All right. Coming in at number four. Number four. Rima and Selena Gomez with Calm Down. No, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, seriously. It's fella cooties babysitter. Yeah. It sounds to me like when people write you like in texts when they write like LOL. It's just AI reading texts. You remember on um maybe you could still do it, but on um Mac computers, the old kind of text to speech thing where it would 
it, you could get it to read it. Um, that was the, the talking thing, moose. What was it? The talking moose. I don't know it by oh, that okay. name. <laughs> I, this was just like a, I don't know, out of whatever word processor or something, there was just like a feature where you could highlight yeah. and tell it to read it. And um, it was something that my roommates in college and I used to just play with a lot. And if you typed like grr, like as growling, G-R-R-R-R, it would go grrr, grrr, grrr. a lot of fun with that. Psychotic. Guy. Yeah, the talking talking bowls. moose was like an I, old eighties uh eighties early nineties Mac thing when when Apple was just like a sort of a weirdo like indie company <laughs> and the this little moose would just pop up in the corner of the screen and do like text to speech and Whoa. it had that very classic like text to speech voice but um that was like my favorite part of Max for a long time growing up. <laughs> Did it the pop up with any other intended purpose? Was it like clippy? No, you would just okay. type in what you wanted them to say. And and it was a great uh prank, you know, like program because oh, you could thing. yeah. You could like program little things for him to just pop up randomly and tell people things. That's pretty funny. That's yeah. good. Bring that back. Bring them back. There's I mean, honestly, bring back 2008 iTunes, give me an iPod. I Apple, it's all I want. <laughs> Don't <laughs> go backwards. It was better. Let's go back. You see, they just came out with a whole Apple Music only for classical music, like an app hmm. that's only classical music. Oh, it's wow. kind of crazy. Like, app. They put in like all the Apple resources into p- just pure one genre. Wow, it kind of makes what, sense. When you look into well, it, you realize, oh, this would be good if I was like a stodgy, you know, classical fan. That's something, that, though, that yeah. iTunes, because you, you used to be able to input all the information. So, so artist, album, title, all of that. But you could like there is a yeah. separate entry for composer yeah. or for performance. Yeah. So, I mean, I um, cataloged a lot of my mom's classical music CDs in iTunes and a bunch of them, like it was nice to be able to search by a specific yeah. composer or specific group or whatever. Yeah. How, Howard, it's like, it's like, it's sorted more by composer versus who actually is playing. Oh, or, I see. Or, it's you know, by and the writing of it. That makes sense. Cause yeah. I wonder why they would want their own app. And then, yeah. I mean, I could see it's kind of couture to just have it all like away from like the shitty pop music and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the idea that they would search by composer makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, oh, it's got to be different. I think you that. can search by conductor too. Or, like, you know, there's like very okay. famous conductors like Leonard Bernstein and stuff. You could just like see all of his, right. his works. Maybe yeah. you go woodwind. You could search by like, yeah, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Give me something with a flute. One flute, not yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. Not two. <laughs> yeah. Like the ladies who order the, uh, you know, or not just ladies, but people who have the tiresome orders at restaurants or at uh, Starbucks. Oh, my God. Give me two flutes. I want one trumpet <laughs> with a mute. <laughs> it has to be muted or I won't listen. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Half tubed. Yeah, half tuba. Yeah. I want the a seven hundred year old tuba. Right. (laughs) On a quintet, a quintet, not a quartet. Not a quartet. Venti quintet. I want the oboe resting on the floor. (laughs) What? 
Um, I remember like at time, like in the, in the LimeWire days and stuff like searching for certain classical songs and I would get back these weird versions. Cause again, there's like a thousand versions of the, that classic song you want to hear. And you would hear the guy's nose whistling and breathing, like as oh my he's God. playing it. And people would be like, this is the best version. Like you can hear. <laughs> They mic'd you his can hear nose. Him breathing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like cl- classical fans are weird, I guess is my point. They, they brought his app. nose into Abbey Road <laughs> yeah. and mic'd it separately. <laughs> I feel like there'd be utility for that even in pop music because, for example, you know, there are Lennon McCartney songs performed by people other than the Beatles. Or if you wanted to sort by that, you'd get not just songs that they did there that they wrote but didn't perform, but also like Beatles covers or Right, yeah, you know, yeah, right. yeah. I don't think it has to be exclusive to classical. No. Well, then they no. messed up over there. Just blend were, it in with everybody else. Put it I with you were, dubstep. <laughs> I thought you were relating that to nose versions, like like versions with a lot of nose sounds. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I want to hear a Beatles <laughs> through the nasal cavity. Uh, yeah. Album. Can we get the especially uh, Ringo Giles Martin remix? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> highlight the breathing. Yeah. All right, coming in at number three. Number three. Metro Boomin with Creepin'. This also has The weekend on it, so he's on this twice. Think about when I hold you. Yep, that's him. When looking in your eyes, I can't believe. And I don't need to know the truth. The kids just must think they're in a soap opera these days. How so? Well, this doesn't this just sound like a slow Days motion, like soap opera scene? Yeah. Oh, the drama inherent in the scene. Yeah. Yes. It I feels mean, like I, it would be, I don't know what, if it, it, there probably is, but if there's a modern equivalent of like the OC, I think this could make the soundtrack. There you go. One Tree Hill. Oh, man. <laughs> is that the <laughs> All modern that version? <laughs> All right. I feel like... Uh, a lot of these, yeah, are really in the same ballpark so far. All three oh, of these. for sure. Usually like three through five sound pretty Yeah, this similar. doesn't happen in the classical app. Like, oh, <laughs> the weekend <Yeah>. again? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> All right, coming in at number two. Number two. SZA with Kill Bill. This is a good one. Was SZA at Coachella this year? Uh, let me look. She should be. She should be. I agree. She was on um, a couple of years ago. She was great. Oh, Bjork was there. I didn't know that. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, no, I don't see SZA. You know, uh, fi- the guess what the cheapest ticket package is for Coachella these days. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. Seven hundred. Well, the cheapest is five forty nine, tier one. Okay. Five hundred and forty nine dollars. Cheapest. Yeah. Entry level Coachella. No one is against you. That's what they say is great about Coachella. The East Coast festivals, people push you. 
They bump into you. Coachella. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's spread out. I was thinking the I, years I was there, it is kind of like, if you just stay away from the front of the stage, it's pretty like, it's pretty not mellow. like claustrophobic. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. I haven't, I heard, went I've to, never been. I went one time. Um, and that was enough for me, but yeah. it was like, it is, hot. it was hot. I'm, I'm from Arizona, so I can do desert stuff. Okay. That, that was okay. It was very windy one day. So it was like super dusty and yeah. I think it was 2014. And so outcast was there and that was the one where they, I was there, I think weekend one and their set got delayed just because of the wind. And then they still had like a hard cutoff at 11 or midnight or whatever the time was. Yeah. And they were so mad <laughs> that it, it like, you could tell their, their mood was affected. Um, and they were like, killer Mike's here. He was about to come out. And then they were like, nope, they're telling us we have to stop. And it, so that was a bummer. Uh, oh, that's a bummer. What about the daylight savings over there? Couldn't they like uh, figure out a way <laughs> to get an extra hour? Emer- emergency daylight savings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call in a favor. That's, uh, true. Let's, that's let's crazy because I thought the whole point of going over to like Indio and stuff is almost just like this lawless desert. Like, yeah, why would says, you have to have a curfew over there? I don't know because I um, actually. There are residences. A- there are like a lot of people who live right around there, kind of. I mean, more than yeah. Burning Man, you know, it's not just like out it's right not in completely the in the middle of nowhere, but it yeah. does not feel like there are close neighbors. But one of the things that I had a hard time with being there was like, yes, you can get space away from crowds or other people, but there is nowhere you can go that is even remotely quiet. Um, like there's no chance to take a break in that sure. way. So given how the sound carries, I do understand if you're even within a mile of it, you're probably hearing it from your house. Yeah. I'm also reading that Blondie was there. Really? Yeah, which is interesting. That's like, cool. How would they fit them in? She, or she, not Blondie, sorry. Debbie Harry, with the year that I was there, performed um, a couple of songs with Arcade Fire, <laughs> including oh, Heart of okay. Glass, which, yeah, which was cool. Collapse. Back, they back happen the, out there. The glory days. All right. Coming in at number two, uh, one. Coming in at number one. Number one. Miley Cyrus with Flowers. See things you don't understand. Comfortable saying the top two were the best two songs of those five. There you go, Having those sisters. Only sisters those. Are doing yeah. it. <laughs> I just think they both were, I guess, melodically more interesting. Um, yeah, and felt more like a song and less like a vibe. Yes, good call. Totally. Yeah. They yeah they went somewhere for sure. Yeah, I saw I saw a bunch of girls like you know singing along to this one in Mexico, so I could tell it has. Like immersed itself. Like we were kind of ripping on it at first because it sounds so much like I Will Survive and like Gloria Gaynor 70s stuff. Even but at, then, yes, sir. They play that at the brothel, huh? I, I wouldn't have thought they would. 
Be one of those. Yeah. Just kidding, gang. Hey, uh, before we get off the music chart, uh, I don't know if you can find this, but uh, this country singer named Brantley Gilbert, uh, you guys might have heard about this, but he's like a chart-topping guy, Brantley Gilbert, on the country charts. So he came out on stage and he drank a Bud Light and then he smashed it on the ground, you know, because of the trans influencer thing. And um, they said that he was singing a cover of a Queen song. No way. That he did it. Yeah. I mean, paid for that beer. So that's that's not what a boycott is. There you Um, go. Right. Yeah. Drinking the beer, which is not what a boycott is. (laughs) Boy, oh boy. (laughs) So what a statement where you just um, absolutely missed the mark on everything you're trying to say. Everything. Yeah, that's like that Kid Rock one too, where he had like cases of Bud Light and that he was was (laughs) machine gunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He missed most of it. Uh, uh, but it's like, hey, you bought all those cases. That's they also you. need a trans. So the trans need to pool their money together and buy a gun company. So then, like those guys can't shoot that gun. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh right. Oh, like yeah, an existing good. like buy. I don't know what the I yeah. They need a sponsor. How old am I? Yeah, I don't know brands. I don't they know gun brands. Smith H- and Wesson. Smith and Wesson. There's yeah. one called HK. I know that because it's my initials. But oh, yeah, wow. Then they got to boycott the guns. Oh, no. Man, that's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah. They could somehow pool the funds together to get a, a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. They could solve this thing. They buy like uh, Desert Eagles or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. I they, should just buy, you, they should just buy the U.S. military. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy the U.S. military. Yeah. That was the uh, music chart. That's the music chart, yes. Uh, and we'll be right back with the movies. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Movies. I got a Beatles flip book. Should I go get it? Sure. You can hear the sound of the pages on the pod. Yeah. Have you guys seen that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Not uh, this exact thing, no. Yeah, it's you just get like it. their album covers, but you flip it and then they like change a little bit. Do you want to see it? Yeah. Yes. The Beatles. I feel like that SZA song, I like SZA's voice and I... Uh, can understand maybe 40% of the words she says when she sings. <laughs> sure. It's all about killing your ex. Oh, okay. Great. It, it, that's kind of why I like it, because it, it that is the more Beatles-y of a song. Like, oh, the scissor one? Heard. Yeah. Run for like your life has, kind of thing. Well, yeah, but and it has like cool, like very melodic like chord changes yeah, It's like stuff. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds but then, yeah, about murder. It is like Run for Your Life. You're right. It's like... Uh, is that a Beatles song? It is, mm-hmm. yeah. Where John, which one's is, that? John is murderously. Yeah. Uh, it's the like, last song on Rubber Soul. Is that right? How does it go? Yeah. Uh, Run for what? your life if you can, little girl. Oh, uh, hide your one. head in the sand. Because it starts girl. with, yeah. "I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man." Oh, yeah, it's very violent. Intense. Wait, that one's an early one, isn't it? 
like mid 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 period. What album? Rubber Soul. Oh, really? I always thought that was like where they were just like getting it together. The skiffle. Yeah. Run little girl. <laughs> Run little girl. <laughs> Run little girl. Like dudes, you know, yeah. they're just making it up yeah. as they go along. Anyway, I got my Beatles flip book. All right. Yeah, let's see it. Okay. Ready? Nice. Oh, I see. Oh, whoa. Oh, oh I so, see. It, so it goes like between them. Cool. It almost like animates between all the album covers. Yeah. Whoa. Nice. That's cool. I've never seen that. You want it? I'll send me, give me your address. I'll mail it to you right now. <laughs> if that's real, I'll take <laughs> oh, it. Wow. You don't have to do that. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that fun. I performed it. It's like a mic drop. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> Seriously. Flipbooks are kind of a. I wonder how like the creators of flipbooks feel that people are just done with the book within ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. uh, I made one a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, for it, it was just like for a tiny visual gag in like a short that I made, and I, I think spent more time drawing the flipbook than literally any other part of the like more time than I spent writing or shooting or yeah. editing. Oh yeah. It yeah. dwarfed the project itself. Yeah, it's time intensive. Yeah, it's like puppets, I guess. It's like a it's Yeah, or stop motion and stuff. I used to do that just with doodles and like, you know, a little post it like pack. And oh, it's yeah. super fun. It's always like thrilling to actually see it sort of work. When it works, it is exciting. Or for stop motion kind of stuff, uh, Vine used to actually be really good for that because you could just do a little tap for each frame. Oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, People did cool stuff on there. Rest in peace, Yeah, nobody really does that. I don't see it on TikTok, like the really, like, people pushing the envelope visually. Uh, They seem like they did it more on Vine, like people were trying to do that more. I think TikTok is so... Everything about it is so like monetized or aimed at churning out con- con- like content constantly, and so a really oh, right. time People intensive can't take their time, yeah, craft. But I mean, it, it is a bummer. Like I get sometimes I don't use TikTok, but I get the appeal in the sense of like that's what was fun about Vine or early Twitter or stuff where it was just people who you had no idea who they were, but just people being really creative. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do like oh, it's, that. It's the best for that. Um, shall we get in the movie chart? Let's do it. Shall we do a 2023 version? Oh yeah. 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 Nice. Movies used to be silent. Nowadays they are loud and violent. For most of them, I am not a client. Whoa, fucking giant movies. <laughs> I messed up one part. Nice. But uh, yeah, that's about the size of it. Movies, they're back. Sums it up. The I like think, are filling up. I like imagining that you wrote that. In like 1935 or whenever when King Kong yeah. came out. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. They're too violent. This thing is too big. I can't. I miss I was just days. thinking. Right. I don't think. ban these things. I don't think anyone would have been more annoyed with that change <laughs> than Howard. Like if you were back. If you were back in 1935. You'd have just been like, what? The best that part of this was it's silent. Oh, Yeah. It's nice and quiet. But then yeah. the guy comes out with the megaphone. Movies, movies, come <laughs> right, on, movies. Exactly. Um, 
You want to get into it? Yes. All right. Coming in number five. Number five. This is Air. Afford it. I'm willing to bet my career on one guy. My name's Sonny Vaccaro. I'm with Nike. Do you typically make it a habit of showing up at people's front doors unannounced? I don't like to take no for an answer. Oh, man. Here we go. You ask me what I do here. This is what I do. I find you players, and I feel it this time. Yeah, okay, it's risky. When you were selling sneakers out of the back of your Plymouth, that was risky. Don't change that now. They should make this movie for Chuck Taylor, so like all the gangsters that wear them. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be like, great. I got this new idea. It's called the drive-by, and I want to <laughs> have your shoes on when I do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a little more difficult with Chuck Taylor's, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty sprawling movie. It's problematic. Yeah. The premise of this is he, what is he doing with Nike? And I mean, I assume Air Jordans. Is that what? Yeah, it's okay. about the Air Jordans and how they, uh, a little, you know, really Jordan should have been with Converse or uh, Adidas, but he went with the lesser known Nike. Oh, okay. It's quite an exciting tale. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's. The tale of the corporate. In the back end one of that deal. corporation beat the other one right well, like ford Great. versus ferrari or like our modern mythology okay. is like where did brands come from yes that's yeah. what it is that yeah sucks <laughs> it sucks yeah instead of rooting for people or innovators or freedom we're rooting for yeah market share you know they got the right this guy made so it. much fucking money oh yeah yeah Wow. Thank God it wasn't Reebok. We'd all been speaking Reebok, you know, like where they go, we beat the Germans or we'd all be speaking we all be speaking Reebok. squeaking the little <laughs> basketballs on the tongues of our shoes at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Pumping it up. We'd be pumping it up. We'd be doing crazy. I will say, though, I, that, I mean, someone who was a kid and was highly covetous of Air Jordans, but Reebok was right up there, even you know, for years, even after Air Jordans yeah, came out. Yeah, people wanted the Reebok because they had those those pumps, the Reebok pump. Yeah, uh, it freaked up. me out. Like uh, the commercials were just seem it just seemed like the coolest it thing is of all time. So brilliant to market that towards kids because, like, I work with kids, and if there is, like, have you ever seen a kid get near an elevator door? Like, they will fight oh, each they- other over who gets to push the button. Like oh, any yeah, yeah, yeah. just little or fidget spinners, those little pop it things. It's uh, they they want to push stuff. They want to squeeze stuff. It's they perfect. Want to pump yeah. it up. I still remember. I have a visceral memory of my friend. He's a family friend, and he was my age, and he was exactly that kid who was like always got the newest best thing or got the thing that you were so proud of, but got a little bit better version. Like he always had to have a one up thing happening and I just remember like being at home and I had like some new Nikes or something and I was proud and then and then all of a sudden he puts his foot up on the table like and it, he's got the new Reebok pumps and he starts pumping in front of us table. he slams it up like look what I got and I was just like the the absolute seething jealousy in that moment. No, seething cope. Remember it. Seething cope. <laughs> and I don't mean I to start some shit here, but do yeah. you think that was him, or do you think like his parents were doing that to your parents? Oh, oh yeah. his parents generational for sure. for sure. It was definitely part of his parents' personalities, also. Those pricks. Yeah, <laughs> I remember he but, uh, thought he thought that his dad thought he was going to go to the Giants, like he was. He was completely like mid, like mediocre at baseball, but his dad was just like, 
I, you didn't have the tools. I think man. he's going to the Giants one day. It's I'll just be like the Giants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, all right, coming in number four. Number four, Renfield. Is this Nick Cage? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a toxic relationship. Why don't you start by telling us what brought you here? My boss, he's different. You can't get him out of your head. No. I need your assistance. This is I, if I, I, Renfield I, I, went oh, to uh, destroy you with the snap of his group therapy. <laughs> Wouldn't even need to snap. Wow. You know, Renfield is uh, Dracula's assistant. That's right. Yeah. So is is he like so now a familiar, or is he also a vampire? Oh, I think he's not a vampire. He's just a guy. He's just like a crazy henchman, like uh, Gal Friday type, like mm-hmm. uh, Task Rabbit. He gets them to do. He's stuff. like Smithers. Yeah. 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 But he's always nuts and. I mean, this is kind of a, it feels a bit like uh, what we do in Shadows. Yeah. We're going to take the horror and make it a UCB style. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the, I love that movie. That this one looks great. like it could be good. I, I like know. what we do in the Shadows, the show also. And the show does kind of similarly have plots about familiars that feel taken advantage of in like a work relationship way. Um, right. Looks very different. Seems stylistically different. Yeah. Perhaps it's good. I like with the Nick Cage movie to wait because, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when they're intentionally good, maybe they're not. And then when they're just right. off, they wind up aging well. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. You got to give a Nick Cage movie like a little time. Yeah. To uh, gauge. Bad Ga- Lieutenant's a crazy one. Got to gauge the cage. Vampire's Kiss. Peggy Sue got married. They're all kind of aged better than they were when they came out. Um, age the cage. That's what I'm saying. Age the cage. Coming in at number three. Number three. John Wick, chapter four. Come back. If you win, we'll have your freedom. And when I see you, I'm going to take what I want, so. Amen. Okay, what movie? What movie company made this movie? <laughs> um, I'm real answer. And we don't have Lionsgate. Have the real, Lionsgate. Yeah. So I'm trying, to, like, kind of like the Air Jordan movie. Yeah. I'm thinking of a movie where Lionsgate really wants the John Wick franchise, but it might go to. Oh, Paramount. right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's going to be the next kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. Just, what? This is a story yeah. about Lions King. But that one will win yeah, an Oscar because it's about movies. Right. Yeah. It's meta. <laughs> yeah. I want a movie about the decision to syndicate Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. That could have went. Hey. You could have just put it on DVD. They right. Syndicated. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, who, like. KCAL 9 got it, not 11. The guy oh, that's, 11. you know, cousin Greg on Succession or something has like a cameo as Larry David or something. I don't know. Like, oh, right. Exactly. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Because it's about the business guy. It's not about. What if it went creators. to another guy? Yeah. 
What if it went to the guy from That's so Glow. insane. Yeah. This must just be what interests the executives at this point, right? Exactly. Inside baseball. Yeah. Uh, my husband recently saw this John Wick 4. Um, so I've been hearing a lot about the John Wick franchise. And they sound fun if you like um, watching people kill each other like a lot. But it sounds great because the director of these was Keanu Reeves' stunt double on The Matrix. So he's like a stunt guy oh, really? and then turned into like a director and choreographer. And apparently a lot of it is... Isn't that what that train movie was the same guy, I think? Which train? Which Statham was on a train last year. Remember? Oh, Brad Bullet Pitt. Train? Oh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullet train. Oh, I don't know if that was the same guy. It was like a stunt man turned director type of deal. That makes sense to me. Um, as a movie. Yeah, I mean those yeah. guys. So wait, know so, that, so this guy looks just like Keanu Reeves and he's directing him? <laughs> or at least <laughs> they're approximately the I'm same height. Charge. That's pretty know. amazing. Uh I could I could like, imagine him going like like, sir, like, I can't do what you're asking me to do. And he goes, yes, you can. Watch me do it. Oh, yeah. Right. Look I've at been my, doing I'm, it for you I'm for do, years. Yeah. It would be Move like. your eyebrows like this. I'm, I promise right. you, Wait, you can do it. You can't do it. I'll do it then. Yeah. Get out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> Get I'll out. Do it. yeah. Or it's like in uh, The Last Dance in that Michael Jordan documentary, how much he's like, I'm not asking anybody to do something I won't do. And it's like, oh, you right. are a superhuman. <laughs> like, that you're Michael Jordan. is not a reasonable standard. <laughs> <laughs> right, you're a psychopath. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that was so. I was so fascinated by that documentary. He's oh, it's amazing. It's like, wow, your psychology is no one else can even have that kind of brain. You had yeah. such a specific experience that no one else had. What documentary is this? The Last Dance that came out a few years ago. Um, the Michael Jordan documentary. If you oh, the Jordan doc. Yeah, okay. if you haven't I seen it, talking about Keanu. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, that's crazy. No, just like his, yeah, his mentality. He's just unable to relax ever, or to be just like happy with his accomplishments. He's always right. got a chip on his shoulder. Always got to be beating someone's ass at something. Yeah, yeah. it <laughs> right. did yield the. It comes up so much in the show, but then the meme that came from it of the like, and I took that personally. <laughs> it's like it. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it's like not personal at all. Yeah. It's just no. an excuse for him to dominate. Yeah. Someone being like, actually, I physically can't jump as high as you can. And he's like, what? <laughs> the funny thing to me about Michael Jordan is you would, you want to hear like all the insights and basketball insights from someone who's like the best ever. And you imagine they have so much wisdom, but he almost makes like the worst basketball analyst you can imagine because it's just so biased towards him like yeah yeah everything's just like uh oh, steph curry's not that good or whatever yeah he's just like bitter about anyone yeah you don't learn anything you're yeah. just like yeah he sucks or i feel yeah. like he's <laughs> right. not as negative about other people but sometimes like paul mccartney talking about music he'll be like and you know and it's just da, 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 da. and i'm like oh, i right. don't know what you're talking about my brain does yeah. not know how to yeah. do that it's too easy for him to be able to teach it to exactly anybody. yeah or what's yeah, basic to him is um not to other people yeah no. there's a clip i saw of bob dylan saying how in awe he was of mccartney he's like he can do it all that's the guy i'm scared of he can do it all and it's so easy for him yeah it is just so easy. The, the, that clip of him with Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic and they're doing the like kind of Nirvana with Paul song. Yeah. And the song rips. Like it's really good. Paul's like screaming at the top of his lungs. 
even as an old guy, it's like super good. And Dave, Dave Grohl after it, they're all like done. And he's just like, Oh my God. And he says something like, I wish it was always that easy. Or, or he says like, they should all be that easy. And then Paul's just like, it is. <laughs> you see, it, it is you see his brain just like explode. Like, wait, you're telling me like all of those Beatles songs probably were that easy for you. What if he went, you know, it's just, it's easy for guys like me and Kurt, but for you, Dave, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going to take a bit of work. That's there. Uh, there's a really good documentary about um, the wrecking crew. The yeah. Yeah. Backing, yeah. Backing musicians or studio Love musicians. Yeah. And yeah, we're there talking about Brian Wilson coming in for pet sounds and he just like has every song fully composed in his head to the point that he's like, okay, you on this instrument do this and tells them their line. And okay, you on this instrument do this. And he's like 23. Wow. And and I'm like, I'm 35 and I don't, I don't know the difference between when I'm hungry and when I'm tired. Like, how do you, (laughs) right. Wait, he was like that too. That's probably, yeah, you're right. He didn't excel at taking care of himself. (laughs) He was also just sleeping on the floor. If face down. Yeah. yeah, maybe I need to do worse <laughs> at some other things. And then my music. No, you could brag around. like, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot like Brian Wilson. You know, I can't take care of myself. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I go to hell if someone's there to feed me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Coming in at number two. Number two. The Pope's Exorcist. That makes it sounds like this This is the Pope's version of the Exorcist. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like Ruth's, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. <laughs> Pope's exorcist. Ruth's Chris exorcist. Ruth's Chris exorcist. Oh, God. That's the name of this movie now for the rest of my life. Yeah. Ruth's Chris exorcist. Oh, that is so funny. I'm curious what qualifies you to be an exorcist rather than, like... They're all, they're both priests. Yeah. So is he just out of the running for being the Pope for some reason? You know what I mean? Is there can't be the Pope. All right. He's not allowed to be the Pope because he deals with the demon too much. You mean? I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs because just that he's the Pope's exorcist. First of all, I see how many people around the Pope are getting possessed. I'd be suspicious. I'm still even just picking up <laughs> yeah, yeah. what that even means. You're saying like this is the this is the Pope's chosen priest. Yeah. In the little description okay. it just said that yeah. uh based on a real story of a guy who did a bunch of exorcisms in <clears throat> Vatican City. And then <laughs> right, I, right. Yeah, why can't the most powerful Christian do them? The Pope should be like Yeah, yeah you, I, I was hoping that this would be like the Pope himself is performing the exorcism. Like That's oh because cool. yeah. then the apostrophe S is like the Pope is exorcist. Yeah. Instead yes. of a possessive. All ooh, right. but possessive, now it's a pun. Isn't the oh, movie's yeah. good. I've already decided. The Pope's exorcism. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The, the uh the Pope probably has pun guys too to come up with puns. <laughs> but yeah, that would be cool if it was like this demon is serious. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna answer to just anybody. Yeah, the Pope has to. Do it is stuff. funny. It's inherently funny. When you put it yeah. that way, it's really funny to delegate a task out like that. Like if you're the Pope and somebody's literally possessed by the devil, and you go, "Hey, you, you, 
take care you, of it. You do it. Yeah. I'm busy. I'm, I got more important things yeah, than the devil. Than the devil is maybe, here. Maybe, though, that's what makes you a good pope is knowing how to delegate. Oh, good that's, call. Let, yeah. That's Let an important aspect excel. of leadership. Right. True. <laughs> the Pope's yogurt guy. Like, <laughs> how many different guys does he have? <laughs> yogurt guy. <laughs> <laughs> I get him his yogurt. <laughs> Just his yogurt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Pope's like yeah, Kramer from it's Seinfeld a- where he's got like a guy for everything. Yeah. yeah. The... Um, <laughs> It's remarkable how much this seems to follow the same beats as just the exorcist. Oh, right. Like for being the Pope's exorcist. Right. Yeah. What happens? He's just like, does it at the Vatican? Or like, <laughs> right. What makes it Popey? Yeah. Also, they got to stop saying that these are true stories. You can't. Oh, God. Based on it. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't keep calling every exorcist movie the true story. Or, yeah, I mean,. Air is a true story. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Even, um, especially for exorcism, because when you just really think back, like what the true story probably is, mm-hmm. with just like pre-1970s mindsets. Yeah, it's a, it's a just like a bunch of fucking said, religious crazy people torturing some like mentally ill kid. Yeah, you some know? guy had MS and they thought he was, you know, yeah. a witch, <laughs> a warlock. Throwing ho- holy water him. at him. Yeah. And we're supposed ignorant. to take their side. Yeah. Well, that's it's how it really happened. So this is yeah. real. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, it's true. It's authentic. <laughs> the true origins of evil. All right. Coming in at number one. Number one. The Pope's Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope's Donkey Kong. <laughs> wow. Uh, yay. But there's one problem. There's a human has a mustache just like you. Do you think I know every human being with a mustache wearing an identical outfit with a hat with the letter of his first name on it? <laughs> because I don't. Who's playing Luigi? Charlie Day. Oh, okay. That makes- Who is Luigi? What do you is mean? He, like is canonically he- in the story? Yeah. He's he Mario's like- brother. Co-worker? No, they're brothers. Oh, they're brothers? Super Mario Brothers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's unbelievable. It does imply that his name is Mario Mario. I've never thought of that. And that Luigi is Luigi Mario. Oh, okay. Well, or... Actually, now I'm not sure about this. I don't... Maybe this is not true in... For Japan. But I know in other um, East Asian countries that they'll say the surname first... So maybe oh, really? maybe their last name is Super. Oh, okay. okay. Super. Brothers. I don't think that's real. Luigi I'm making that up. Mario Super Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Luigi Super Brother. What's a Super Smash Brothers? What's that? Good question. I guess now they're all brothers. Like every single character from the whole their parents adopted Nintendo Bowser canon. and Peach. Yeah. Why is that? And Yoshi. Brothers? Hmm. I mean, and Japan just does what it wants with these video games, and we all accept it. And they're always so fun that you don't even question the logic. Right. Um, yeah. Which one's the older brother? Lou, is Mario older? <laughs> mm-hmm. I would uh, guess yes, because he's the main one. Because 
Yeah. Because my first instinct was to say brother. Luigi's older, but I think it's just that he's taller. <laughs> so yeah. that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, Mario seems older. Mario's older. Wait, wait. They're twins, though. Mario no. is Luigi's older twin brother. That's what I'm reading. Oh, my God. Well, they're fraternal. Uh, I'm comfortable fraternal, saying that. Fraternal, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always preferred Luigi. He really? seems like he could jump higher in the in the second game. And I was always thinking oh, okay. like, oh, so you're just, you're physically like superior to Mario, but you get, you get the short end of the stick in all these games. Always number two. But, uh, Sitting you for a plumber. Mario, it's like, he's a big yeah. piece of <laughs> shit. Go. He can't jump. <laughs> yeah. He's like. He was always just like, he had like the most middle of all the skill sets, you know? Right. In the most average, but then uh, the other characters could do certain things he couldn't do. Also, we all know Mario's job, and he's never at work. Yeah, he's always. Do they ever show his license? Do we know? (laughs) Stolen Valor. They should have an actual plumbing game. Yeah, it's the one game they don't have. The one Mario. But wait, so when he's when he's saving the girl from the gorilla, that's not his job. Like that's that's personal. He could get fired. He could get fired from his job for being busy with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Taking yeah, too much uh, personal days. Jumping all those barrels. And then he's fatter, so he's made the cart go slower. You would I would pick like <laughs> Yoshi because you go, oh, that cart's gonna go fast with Yoshi in it. Yeah. Um you <clears throat> except, you know, when you think about the top speed, you gotta think about acceleration and top speed. Right. The, the heavy guys always have like the higher top speed, I feel like. But then they're harder to maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, but that's my favorite, real life physics. So, this is my an favorite is Wario. Movie. Do you know? All if, based in reality. Do you know if Wario and Waluigi are in this movie? Yeah, who are those guys? They're the They're evil like the weird versions, evil. right? Oh, or like yeah. the right. bizarro versions. Yeah, the, <clears throat> this is my the favorite heavies. thing that they call. They have because they cr- came up with Wario, then. By logic, they have to come up with Waluigi, which is the dumbest Wa-Luigi, name. Waluigi, right. Instead of just, I guess, yeah, because you can't just do an upside down L. Although that might be a Greek letter. Waluigi. Yeah, seven Uigi. Uigi. Yeah. Seven Uigi. Seven Uigi. I don't think that they are in this one. Oh, okay. Well, I have to say... um, it puzzled me, like, why does that make so much money and why is it number one? But that was easily our most, you know, that was our longest, most interested discussion in any of these movies. <laughs> right, yeah. So there's something to be said for, you know, IP and, uh, you know, yeah. something that's already familiar. I know that people are, like, over it, or it's probably a hacky opinion at this point, but I still find the voices just, like, disgusting to me. That it's Chris Pratt. Yeah, like that they are using those American-ass accents. Yeah. They just sound like they're from the Valley or something. I've heard great things about Jack Black as Bowser. So I'm I'm willing to let that one slide. Yeah. Um, Because he can be an actual monster with his voice. Yeah. You know? Also, a movie based on IP. I recently saw the Dungeons & Dragons movie. It's real fun. I didn't know what to expect. Um. But yeah, it's like a just fun fantasy movie that's well done and you don't have to like it has fun specifics from D&D, but you don't have to know that to get it. Um, 
a lot of parts got some big real laughs out of me. I was we were very joking pleasantly last surprised. Week, we were joking last week that it should have like a narrator telling you like what the next move is going to be for each part. For the DM. Or like a big, like the screen goes black and there's a dice roll. Oh, or there's like but, um, buttons on your armrest to make choices. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a any, choose your own adventure? Do they version? address like rolling dice at all or like gaming elements? No. So it's purely within the character perspective, not a player right, perspective, okay. but it is fun because there are moments where if you've played that it does. Yeah. Like it's not mentioned explicitly, but where you could kind of infer like, Ooh, they rolled really well to do this thing they were trying to do or, Oh, they rolled shitty. Oh, and so that's they interesting. messed this whole thing up. They made a good roll. Right, right, right. That's funny. Right on. Um, I'm sure Brian Postane people bring pizza and like, yeah, they bring like soda and pizza and just Jolly Ranchers and shit. <laughs> uh, whenever I would see, whenever I would see people playing that game, there'd always oh, be yeah. like candy and pizza and chocolate and shit. Everywhere. Dude, when when I mentioned Brian Posehn, because when he did Nerd Poker, the podcast, I think he still does it independently. But when they did it at Earwolf, and I would record it. Every one of those guys would be bringing in Arby's and Jack in the Box. And right, just right. Have all this food, like the right, most yeah, of any podcast. I'm like, you're going to fucking chow all of that down on the podcast? On mic. All right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as a character, as a medieval warlord. <laughs> yeah, as an ogre. <laughs> <laughs> He's a ravenous ogre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun times. All right. That's our movie chart. Right on. That's the movies, and we'll be right back with the hot picks. The hot picks. The hot picks. The third chart is the hot picks, and the countdown's about to start. Let's see who bought a hot pick, and let's see who did not. The hot picks. The hot picks. These are the hot picks. We'll see if we did better than iHeartRadio. I'll bet we did. You know, on this week where Blink-182 is replacing Frank Ocean, now it's up to us to do our own weird curation. <laughs> right. What about you guys? If you paid the $549 base ticket price expecting to see Frank Ocean, and then you find out he's gone, it's going to be Blink-182. <laughs> For a lot of people, that's got to be a deal breaker. Like maybe they're going on Craigslist trying to sell the tickets or something. Yeah. For Your some thoughts? segment, it's got to be. I mean, I would be pissed if that was like my number one reason for going. But And also because it hasn't, wasn't the deal that prior to week one that Frank Ocean had not performed in six years or something right. like yeah, that. Yeah, that's and the whole so, thing. Yeah. Because that, that does feel like the kind of thing where, to me... I'm not paying to go to a festival unless there are at least like eight things I want to see. Yes, yeah, specifics. Um, yeah. But yeah. I could see how that's like a big enough name and it's a novelty and that you it's hard to go to a Frank Ocean show. Yeah, like, wow, this is our chance. We're seeing him when he hasn't performed. I feel like Blink-182 is not a bad last minute get. But it is a weird substitute. It's a weird substitute. And it yeah, it feels last minute. Like they're just right down there in San Diego. They could they could drive over. Get them an Uber. It's also it's does six years ago feel like that long ago to you guys? 
No. Because I'm I'm at this point in life where that feels like yesterday. And but I remember thinking like, oh my God, it's been five years since Metallica released an album or whatever. Like right. like the whole era has passed and we have no yes. idea what they're like now. And now yes. I'm like yeah. six years, like six years. Who well, cares? Like, half of yeah. those have been COVID. So right. yeah, a lot COVID, of people weren't got doing a great much. Excuse. Yeah, nobody yeah. was growing. But you know, maybe it's because it's a younger audience, like uh six years might be more to that crowd because they're only like yes. thirty or something. That's like or just proportionally it's a higher percentage of right. their life. Yeah. It's like twenty percent of their life. And then like yeah. I did see the Pixies reunion at Coachella. Oh and oh um, yeah. Me too. It was like that was a, you know it had been a lot more than six years, yeah. but it was like that was a specific thing. Like you're gonna get to see them, and nobody has seen them in a while. If they had had yeah. already um, you know gotten together for a while, it's not as big a deal. So I think right. a lot of people would be disappointed, but they don't have the uh, promoters to blame. They can blame it on Frank because he didn't have his shit together. Yeah, yeah, they got to blame him. Yeah, um, it seems. Kind of brutal on his end, just, you know, if it's a mental health thing going on or whatever kind of performance anxiety, sure, valid. But also, oof, you chose a really big thing to come back. Like, what? that's mm-hmm. too big. That's too big of a first show back. Yes. I heard they were making last yeah. minute changes well, the rust to the production. Off at an open mic night or something. Yeah, yeah I heard yeah. that there was just like weird production choices and they made last minute changes the day of and like. Yeah. They were covering him up and yeah, it yeah, just he was sounded like, in like a, a mess. Bubble you couldn't see through for part of it. Yeah. Sounds I mean, my mind goes to drugs. You go, ah, he's probably on drugs. But it could be something else. But um you know. Yeah. I yeah. don't think it's unreasonable for people to be disappointed. Not at all. By either having seen that performance or not getting to see him at all. If yeah. They were going week two. And maybe they would have rather had nothing than to have to sit through Blink-182. Maybe that's, (laughs) it's like punitive. (laughs) It is such a weird swap. Wild swap. Yeah. It's amazing they could get anybody big enough to headline Coachella in, in, uh, you know, two days they had. Like, how long do they have to? It's like you got to walk out there and go, holy shit, what the fuck is he doing? Uh, You know. Get yeah, on the phone. You, you know anyone? Make a movie about this guy who figured this out. Yeah. 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 The yeah. guy who saved 2023 Coachella. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into the hot picks. Call Travis Barton. Coming um, in at number five. Number five. This is Katie's first pick. Uh, Fever Ray, even it out. Listen to this while you're stabbing someone, um, or just you know pre- prepping dinner. Yeah, yeah. stabbing you. Oh, what is the name? There's this movie. What is it? It's cool. I like that one. It's very cool. Cool this drums, song? cool vibe. 
I like this whole album is really cool. Um, Fever Ray is a solo project of the person that is the singer for The Knife. So if that song oh, okay. Heartbeats was real famous. Um, but they're cool. And the cover art for this album is bonkers. Um, they're like in a bald cap with weird long hair and like weird yellow eye makeup and a suit. And it's really fun. Um, I like it. It's like menacing without them screaming, you know, they're like we're coming for you, but it's like slow. Right. I like it. It's a, it's a cool atmosphere. Yeah. I, this, I like the whole album, like I said, um, but I, the production. So I tend to like kind of synth things that are a little bit, sinister sounding mm. um so this is definitely in like in the that beatles ballpark yeah namely like the beatles <laughs> yeah. yeah um if you heard abbey road um <laughs> like the beginning of a day in the life <laughs> right all that shit oh wow i'm looking at the picture now she looks like um Riff Raff from uh Rock yeah. oh yeah picture from Rocky show. it does yeah or like uh yeah, that's spooky. Or like the guy from the um, Six Flags, you know, the... Oh, yeah, oh. I forgot about that the weird guy. Boys is coming. <laughs> An inner city disco. That Banga Boys song city is... city disco. Great. Um, yeah, so that's Fever Right. There... No, that's cool. cool. That's a great like pick. Thank you. Um, Katie's constantly recommending good music I've never heard before. Right on. In Thanks. our group chats. Um, this is a valuable source of information. You get you recommended that um Jan Hammer group yeah. album to me that I, I I really wore out. Like oh, it's been great. a while since I've listened to an album that much. And oh, it was fun. just like that felt like really like I was hearing something I needed. Right. I love that one too. Which one? Um Jan Hammer group. It's in the se late seventies called melodies or something like that. Or like, let me look up the specific title. I uh, it's just like an incredible, it's like, melodies, to me, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just so good. That's so solid. Every, every song. And it, it sounds like it could have been made today. Yeah. It but, sounds, um, I think when I sent it, I probably said this, that it, like it's something that you listen to and you go, Oh, there's no way Thundercat doesn't like this. Like, oh, right. Um, yeah. The song don't, you know, is the one that I think that I shared that. And that one reminds me a lot of like them changes by Thundercat. Um, so it's, it's got a that. little bit of like a steely Dan element to it, but in a less off putting way than some less, jazzy. less like, yeah, I'm trying to scramble your brain. It's just, yeah. Chord. Real fun groove. I like his singing. It's good stuff. Yeah. And he did uh, You Can't Touch This and Hammer Don't Hurt Him. <laughs> had all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. M MC Young Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> he did do the Miami Vice theme song. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's which is so That's funny. how America knows him. Yes. <laughs> the Miami Vice guy. Um, he's like one of those guys, I feel like in the 70s and 80s, who is probably like not famous because he was like bald and like nerdy looking, but it just actually has like the deepest sense of, you know, like groove of anyone. Yeah. I I don't know this, but I'm curious yeah. if he would have been a type of guy where, yeah, not, 
getting like a, a lot Todd of radio Rundgren. play. Yeah, like yeah. a Todd Rundgren. Yeah, like where like if Todd you're Rundgren. in the industry, everybody knows like he's a musician's musician or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah. But he's not as into like, you know, putting it all together. Stage show, look. Yeah. All that. <clears throat> all right, coming in at number four. Number four. This is uh, my first pick. Uh, the band is called Fucking Champs. The Fucking Champs. Damn. And this song is called Some They're Australian? Swords. They gotta be Australian. <laughs> I don't know. Put fucking right in, in their title like that? <laughs> Wait, is this it? That's not the song. That's from the classical app. You got your... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're in the wrong Apple music. <laughs> <laughs> Beethoven's The Fucking Champs. Yeah. His B-side. Apple designed it so it takes over your music. Yeah. A donkey. I'm picturing McCartney's quote. It's easy. It's just easy. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't it think I even donkey. made it this far to the song. It might be an instrumental. I like it. It's challenging. Something like Henry Rollins would be like, you got to put that on. <laughs> Henry Rollins. Do it sober in 119 degree heat. I like yeah. that this type of thing where. There's part of it where they're like asking you to do a little bit of math, I think, to follow along. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Where you know the beginning where it's kind of a repeated rhythmic thing and they're just changing the harmony or like yeah, there are parts of it that feel very accessible and then you go, oh, oh what, oh. hey, and then you're back where are we going? Yeah. Whoa, what's the theory here? Yeah. Everyone's got ADHD these days. You know, it's like you got to mix up. You can't just do a simple riff in four four. We've all heard it before. You gotta right. like you gotta fuck it up at the end to yeah. make it interesting. Yeah. It's like a new prescription. Yeah. yeah. People are understimulated. So let's let's amp it. Let's give them this to think about. <laughs> 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 All right, coming in at number three. Uh number three. This is Katie's second pick. This is uh Deer Hoof with Sit Down, Let Me Tell You a Story. Um which I think is different than the Deer Hoof <laughs> song I gave before. This album's awesome.
That's These just are so cool. Im- impressive picks. We don't even usually let the guests have two picks, but these are both really good picks. Oh, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, well, Brett mentioned having played a song from this album previously. So this uh, just came out like March 31st or something. Um, uh, I So what's funny from the sample that we just heard is I would actually say that this album is relatively subdued for Deerhoof. Wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, would I think say, of that as a more listenable version of them. They're mellowing, like, believe out it or not. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, they have other albums that are relatively accessible. I think, like, I really yeah. like "Breakup Song" from 2012, and "Friend Opportunity." I think is from 2007. Um, but they're cool. I mean, this is another example of where you're like, "Oh, okay, I'm following along," and then something huge changes, and you go, "Whoa!" But for me, I, I feel like that's what makes it really re-listenable of just like, no, I'm going to figure it out where I can anticipate all these different little changes. They always yeah, sound like you feel like accomplished when you figure yeah. when you got it. They always sound like they they are like wrestling the guitars in a way I don't I don't know how to do or something like they're just somehow mangling those things up. Some um, of the guitar in this song in particular reminds me of, are you familiar with Delicate Steve? Heard of him? Mm, is that the masseuse? In, I was going to say, is that, that a Pornhub? <laughs> Pornhub channel? Um, I don't, I don't I'm think not so. Uh, no, he uh, tours with a band, but I guess Steve. it's just a guy. Yeah, Delicate Steve. He toured with Tam and Paula a Delicate few years Steve. ago. That does it. <laughs> That's unfortunate that it really does sound like it. Either that or like an ASMR channel. Yeah, uh, yeah. It does sound like it would be the masseuse at Coachella, like if somebody set up a, a booth. And yeah. he Go also down to Delicate Steve, he'll take care of you. It take sounds your- like a, cus- a custom clip. I made this custom <laughs> clip for Delicate Steve, my OnlyFans patron. Steve, you're so delicate. You're so delicate, Steve. Uh, he's like a cool guitar guy. Um, yeah. I know C6, Steve. Isn't there a C6, Steve? That could just be a guy you know. Yeah. (laughs) This guy I met on a boat. (laughs) Yeah, I hang out with him in the alley. No, Uh, C6, Steve is like an acoustic guitar. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, I'm looking him up. Um, I do not know either of these Steves. I'm not up on my Steves. Adjectival Learn your Steves, bro. (laughs) No, that's that's a good pick. And then, um, like a lot of times too, you say, "Well, if I listen to this music, the lyrics is kind of a non-factor because I can't speak the language." But they were doing weird harmonies and stuff, made it interesting, even though you couldn't understand it. Right. Yeah. Sounds meathead, but I never understand the lyrics anyway. So this. Album is like more of the lyrics are in Japanese than in others of theirs. Like she usually sings in English, but again, where the lyrics are not the focus particularly. Yeah. Um, it's fine. All right. Coming in at number two. Number two. I think this is going to be yet another uh, <laughs> challenging thing. Uh, this is Flagman. Um, I brought, I think I brought in some of their last album a year or two ago. This is hot off the log. Oh my God. Uh, I, I love the sound these guys are doing.
That's what the Seinfeld bassist is doing these days. <laughs> he started this band. <laughs> Season 28. <laughs> yeah. I like um, uh, things like, you know, there's a lot of music where it's mainly someone screaming at you. And that's mm-hmm, fine. Sure. I like that energy. But I think I do like this kind of version of it where there's musicality, I guess, or where you're like, oh, you're all super yeah. good at your instruments. Yeah, um, sure. And it's more of a punk scream. There's many different kinds of screaming, you know, some of them are just lack a certain, uh, I don't know, subtlety or something like this sounds like a punky guy screaming at you. Yeah, this sounds like a forward, a forward thinking, uh, (laughs) urban guy, as opposed to like a rural or suburban guy. (laughs) Or I picture like the weirdo just like, like, you know, uh, flipping out somewhere rather than somebody trying threatening me. Right. But, uh, He's only a harm to himself. This reminds me of um, early Mr. Bungle, like Mr. Bungle's reform now. And they're basically just like a thrash band, which is cool, but they've had so many eras. And this reminds me of like early Bungle, which is just a lot of freak outs and like back and forth into wildly different genres and stuff, which I like. That's cool. I, I It's fun. Um, when something reminds you of a different band, but you're like, yeah, they stopped doing this sound, but I like that. Sound. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's always nice when or someone like, else does the thing you like. When like young young people are just forming these bands that are like almost like honoring this this era that they had no part in, you know. But they're Greta doing Van it, right? Fleet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, like there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it, you know? Or sometimes they yeah. just pick they pick a really good choice for the the year you're in. You're like, yeah. I'm ready to just hear that sound again. Like it feels mm-hmm. fresh to bring that green jelly thing back or whatever. Or I yeah. think you some know? you can tell the difference of where, you know, it's it's I'm sure it's all coming from some place of admiration, but where it's more they've internalized it and they're using it rather than trying to recapture almost like an aesthetic. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They don't do it so much on the nose. They use it. Yeah. Yeah. They mix it with something else maybe. Yeah. That's all all everyone ever did. I think like Paul writing all those music hall songs and stuff. Yeah. And I think they work because he was putting his own, he bringing his own thing to it. Mm-hmm. They copied Oasis. Let's face it. Come on. <laughs> Man, I remember when for the Beatles podcast. Okay, two things. Yeah. One, for the Beatles podcast, we watched the movie yesterday. Quick tangent is because the new Spider-Man movie is called Across the Spider-Verse. My friend and I were joking oh, yeah. about that it's the same plot as yesterday where only one guy in the whole world remembers the Beatles, but also he's uh, Spider-Man. Oh, ah. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, <laughs> I don't think that would be a good way. You said also is Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Across so the Spider-Man, Spider-Man, is... Spider-Man remembers the Beatles. Uh-huh. No one else. He's does. juggling a lot of secrets. It's truly arguable that that would be the more impressive thing. Like if he could do everything that Spider-Man could do, but also Spider-Man. New, Sp- yeah. But uh, Sp- <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man from Seinfeld, um, but also knew the whole Beatles catalog and you didn't. And could just sing those songs to you. Yeah, it's like I'm going with that skill. Oh, and then the web slinging. He finds out Doctor Octopus I, also is, knows about the Beatles, and it's a whole problem. <laughs> now you're paying off that show. I'm hearing nerdy <laughs> Beatle theories. This is good. Yeah. 
but in the movie yesterday, they make kind of a throwaway joke about that, you know, the Beatles don't exist. So he's like Googling and figures out that Oasis also doesn't exist, which fine joke is fine. But in my mind, I was like, why aren't you performing Oasis songs? They were famous much more recently. <laughs> like, oh, right. You know, yeah. I mean, just include well those too. You could yeah. steal those just as easily. Yeah. Do it. Grab it. We'll hang you fruit. <laughs> All right. Coming in, number one. Uh, number one. We got Howard's pick. This is Drew Parker with middle of nowhere. I got to I got to preface this one. Oh, First of all, turn off all the rest of the parts of your brain you were using to listen to that other Great. music. I'm this ready. is this is a full on left turn. Is this but anyway, cringe country. This is cringe country. It's modern nice. country. Um this one's funny because the guy's basically trying the message of the song is I'm not white trash. But Oh, what? okay. I was going to say we could do our quiz. We could do our country game. Guessing oh, what this fuck, title yeah, possibly means. I already fucked it up, oh, I right. guess. So you're saying he's like middle class. He's saying oh. he's middle. He's saying I'm not white trash, basically, but just yeah. listen to all the descriptors. Okay. <laughs> is it supposed to, to be funny? Like, is it middle of nowhere? Uh, is it self-aware, do you joke. think? Or are we like, man, listen to yourself? That's up to you to okay. interpret. I mean, usually these, these songs are not very uh, meta. They're not very like... Yeah, no, this is like suburban pro rural product. It's like right. very uh, earnest. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> We're the fling and you miss it. Blue collar kind got a name on the tank. Clothes on the line. We work like a dog. To Friday at five foot twenty in the truck. Twelve on ice and our Okay. I love it. So, this is the kind of thing like nobody thinks they're white trash. It's always somebody else. Of course, yeah. Like he says, we we drink Budweiser down at the bowling alley. Bud heavies. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm wondering if that gives him, if he wants to change that lyric now or not. But right. You don't you don't know in these country circles. Yeah. We're trans allies. Yeah. We buy the <laughs> right. beer that supports the trans. <laughs> yeah, but he says we drive fixer up Chevys, we put twenty dollars in the gas tank. Like every single thing right. he described is like <laughs> trash bags. That's funny. I also just like that has the same lyrical content as every country song in the nineties sure. and every yeah. Yeah. It's timeless. Just like, I feel like everyone is, here knows about trucks. Like, we all right. know you have. Well, that's their audience. They that's want to the hear thing. more about it. I think it's like. They want a, to see themselves almost, reflected in the art. Yeah. It is. It's like a poetic form or something. There's almost like a haiku where there's rules. Like, you're talking about your truck. That's like, that is just part of the form. And then the, yes. the little, there's, all that matters is just that little twist in the chorus. Like. 
what is that one little hook that people haven't done before? Yeah. And in, in this but case, I will slightly like elevated middle, class awareness. He's saying I'm middle class. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. like with any genre of anything, <laughs> you can tell when something's a little cut above. Like it is kind of hard to talk about a truck in a new way. So then mm-hmm. every like year or so when somebody does find out a way to do it, you go, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard, right. yeah. I heard Keith Urban describe country music that way. Like, it's not that easy if you tried to do it. It's easy to make fun of, and it's, it's very like the like, blues, almost, derivative. You know? Yeah. It's like the blues has a form, and it's easy to say, like, oh, you're just doing this, that same thing again. But no, there's good and bad. Not as easy as it looks. But I like country better than blues. Blues oh. just hasn't done anything original in, like, 50 years country at least they're mixing it with edm they're trying they're doing something with it it's kind of like what you was you were saying about uh the bands that too much on the nose or they're you know yeah like bruno mars just does right on the nose yeah. back will right. we'll take genres and right mix them together. exactly yeah well anyway that was tough to follow deer hoof with uh, Drew Parker, but we did it. <laughs> I mean, I like- we, not, none of us speak Japanese. Though That song could have had the exact same lyrics. We don't know. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Might have been about the same exact thing. Yeah. Bud Heavy at the bowling alley. It's about the, the Toyota. Bud Heavy. Yeah, even that. Like, you learn something about the culture. A Bud Heavy. That's what we call them in college. Yeah. Same. It was the first time I ever had a standard Budweiser and not a Bud Light. Uh, they people, are. They it's an apt name. Heavies. It's it. Uh, like it, it feels like you're drinking something that ha- a liquid that has been thickened. Yeah, yeah. Right. It tastes better. Like it's like oh, Thick this wood. is what it's supposed to taste like. It's like a meal replacement yeah. shake. Right. <laughs> yeah. Satisfying. <laughs> right on. Well, we learned a lot today. Um, thank you so much. Want to tell everybody you guys can check out. The aptly named, sitting around talking about the fucking Beatles. <laughs> nice. Uh, so screw it. We're just going to talk about the Beatles. Is there you go. Uh, the one that Brett and I do with Will Hines and Joel Spence. Usually it's Will Hines' podcast, so sometimes it's other people. Do you guys go anti-Yoko? Do you go anti-Linda? Do you go anti-Stu uh, Sutcliffe? Do you come at... Oh, the hangers um, on the surrounding types. Anti Murray the K. What do we'll you roast? We'll roast Klaus Vormann a lot. It's just okay. roasting and more just us doing the worst German accent. Was he the Was he the Beatles soccer coach? Who he was, was like he's guy? like a he actually did the Revolver album art, but he's oh, okay. a bassist and a musician who pops up everywhere, like in yeah. there, in the just behind the scenes. He was ah. in, and he's on all their solo solo stuff. He's popping up Beatle. everywhere. He was in Manford. Manford Man. He plays he's bass on um, "You're So Vain." He does that little bass thing at the beginning of that song. Yeah, um, he's clearly but that's very out talented. Of love. We but love. Klaus. We just want to make fun of him. We went to his art show. Yeah. We're not like we're not ripping on Yoko or doing like hacky stuff. I, I just feel like that's a little bit. That's been done. But I mean, there's lot. others. We're not doing. There's others. You got to take you take your shots. Brian Brian Johnson. What was his name? Brian. <laughs> From ACDC. Brian Epstein? Yeah. Brian Epstein. <laughs> Brian Stein. Epstein. He had that island. <laughs> <laughs> there's stuff. Yeah, there's stuff. 
You'll get to it. Um, check that out. It's funny. Absolutely. And start Comedy Bang Bang World. Comedy Bang Bang World. We are doing some live dates to promote Scott's uh, Comedy Bang Bang book. We just did one oh, at Largo. Nice. We just did one at Largo this week, and it was super fun. Um, I think that's out now. And we're Is doing in a the couple book? more. I think so. I saw her, by the way, at Largo. Uh, it was good to see Kulop. Uh, Shout out, of course. Yep. She's got mother energy now. Um, they have a very cute kid. She's doing well. Awesome. Check it out. And check out haveasummer.com. Check out Drop Day Duel. Check out Griff Tours with Megan Beth Keister. And we will see you right here next week on Who Charted. Charted.